across the world, approximately four out of every 10 people have never heard anything about the Bible. They don't know who Jesus is. They've never heard the gospel. That leads Brother Harold to ask us some challenging questions. What are we doing about that? That's my question. What are we doing about that? And as followers of Jesus, when we read the scripture, it very clearly tells us we need to be doing something. Are we sending? Are we praying? Are we going? What are we doing about the four and ten? Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. We are in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma with another one-name guest. In fact, he has been our guest twice before. We simply call him Brother Harold. Brother Harold has served for about 15 years in Central Asia in a Muslim context there. He has now spent about five years helping to recruit and train and send more workers into the harvest fields around the world. Brother Harold, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Well, thank you. It's good to be back and good to be here as always. And uh, I think I said this the last time you were here, for for full disclosure purposes, uh, Brother Harold's wife and my wife are cousins. So we are sort of kin uh, for a lot of years now, actually, a long, long time. So. It's been a few, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Harold, I, I want to open with a story, and I know you shared this with me before we hit record, but it's a, it's a pretty powerful story of how God's work happens you spent 15 years in Central Asia. You're now in America, but you still have contacts. You still have friendships and relationships right, yep. there. Uh, God allowed you to see in the last few months some fruit from seeds that you helped plant years and years and years ago when you were there. Can you kind of share a little bit about that story and, and just how it it blessed you to see, hey, God is still using what we did to build his kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. So this summer, um, a young lady that we know was able to go back to the country where we served for just a couple months. And while there, she attended a wedding. And the family was one that we had met many, many years ago. The oldest daughter at the time was 12, I believe. And the siblings were just from there on down younger. And the youngest son was six, I think, at the time. And it was his wedding that they were attending. So at one point, they were homeless for a month. They actually lived with us for a month. Um, But as a part of the journey, um, many of them accepted Christ, and the two oldest daughters especially accepted Christ at young ages and were a part of our uh, house church ministry, the church planning efforts, and and eventually they were blessed to find believing men that they were to marry, one of them in country, another one uh, in a neighboring um, Muslim country. Um, But now both of those families are raising their children as believers. We, they were baptized in bathtubs in our apartment, wow. uh, which is really cool. And now to know that they're at a place where they can raise their children in Christian homes, uh, it's just truly the, the impact of, of a lifelong journey to see nations transformed. God never promises we get to see the fruits of our labor. We, right. we, we're just called to be obedient and do that. And when you're in a context where fruit is so far few between, you know, you, you have to just trust in the faith of God, and that's the, what keeps you going. You know, hey, it maybe it's not right now that you're seeing that fruit, but there is a season, you know, God is working. Um, we look at missions, and I think 
you know, historically in North America, you know, for the last 20, 30 years, we viewed missions as harvest because we send people to Latin America, we send people to Africa, and they do these conferences, and it's great, and a lot of people get saved and come forward, and we celebrate that. That's amazing. But what we forget about is the 100 years before that where people went and served and sacrificed, planted seeds, and didn't see fruit, but now we're seeing that. And when you look at the Muslim world today, a lot of that is that. It's the planting the seeds. It's the, you know, the clearing the, the hard soil away and doing all that work to see that. And so um, you don't often get to see that happen, but when you do, you praise God. But you know even if you don't, there's still a lot of God things happening, and so we, we do celebrate that. Harold, your job now is to help American Christians hear that call to go— get them ready and get them on the plane. What kind of response do you get when, when you go into church? And and maybe I want to ask the, the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. Sure, yeah. I, I think the best case scenario is, yeah, let's go. I mean, right. I mean what, how soon can we leave? Do you get a lot of resistance, though? Like, hey, you know, those people are our enemies or— hey, there's non-Christians. My neighbors are non-Christian. I don't have to go to Central Asia to right. find non-Christians. What are some of the responses you get, and, and how do you reply then? Mission numbers are declining in North America. It's, it's not just our organization. It's multiple organizations across the board. We're seeing fewer and fewer missionaries from North America. Now, it's increasing in, from South America. It's increasing you know, um, from Africa. A lot of places we're seeing the, the global church engage, which is fantastic. We yeah, celebrate that. Absolutely. And I do think that's probably the future of missions. But at the same time, I do believe North America has a role to play, and we really need to understand what that is. I think it was two years ago, maybe, the Barna study released that for the first time ever, the United States was lower than 50% in active followers of Christ. So as you're recruiting people to go into ministry, whether it's missions, whether it's pastoral, church planning, whatever, we're recruiting out of a shrinking field. At the same time, as I do engage with the next generation, there are just a lot of people on fire for the Lord, and it's exciting to see that. There are many people in North America that need gospel, for sure. There's also, you know, churches everywhere. There's billboards. There's, you know, there's access to the gospel here. Um, And so we need to do a good job of sharing that and encouraging that. But I landed in a country, you know, where there was no Christmas. It just, there was no, they didn't celebrate it. I met a young man who was in his 20s and talked about the Bible, and he said, what's the Bible? Four out of 10, that's the numbers. 40% of the world today, they have no access to the gospel. Unless somebody from the outside goes in, they are not going to see it, hear it, or know it. And so what are we doing about that? That's my question. What are we doing about that? And as followers of Jesus, when we read the scripture, it very clearly tells us we need to be doing something are we sending? Are we praying? Are we going? What are we doing about the four and ten? You mentioned young people who are on fire for the Lord, hearing that call to missions. They come and talk to you and say, Brother Harold, God wants me to go. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you want to see in them that say, yes, God is calling you, and yes, you can be successful in a cross-cultural setting in a foreign country— for the marathon, not yeah. for the sprint. Where is your relationship with Christ? Are you on fire for the Lord? Are you living your life out, trusting and in in, in relying on him? Um, and and that would be true across the board, right, in any journey, but especially living overseas. You're going to be in places that are out of your comfort zone, out of your control, and, you, and you're going to be brought to your knees, you know, many times every day. Um, and just to realize, okay, God, am I totally dependent on you entirely? And, and then another piece that we really haven't figured out a great way to test is just grit, perseverance. Life is tough. Life is hard anywhere. And when you go, you're going to experience tough things. There's, there's no promise that when we follow Jesus, life is going to be easy. That's just not there. But the promise is that we won't be alone. 
it may not be safe, it may not be easy, but I'm going to depend on Christ each and every day, and, and come what may, I'm going to give the glory to him. The other reality, just from a practical perspective, is that a lot of countries are just blocked access. You can't get into them. So when you think about practical ways now, what does it look like to be a businessman but in another country or become an educator and work in another country? Or, you know, today you can work, do a lot of jobs from anywhere. Maybe I can move to one of these countries to do my job. So what would it look like to be just actively thinking about the foreign ten and everything I do? Oh, I'm, you know, uh, uh, a mathematician. Well, they need mathematicians in the Muslim countries as well, or they need this. And so how can I go there and serve and represent? And that's just a practical standpoint. I challenge people to think about ways you can use your skills, your gifts to go. We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Harold. He is involved in mobilizing workers to go into gospel mission fields to serve the Lord. Harold, I want we talked about the young person. I want to go to the other end of the mm-hmm. age spectrum and talk about somebody who is 55 or 60 or 65, they've just retired from their job and maybe they've, you know, spent a year playing golf and the attic's all cleaned out now and they're starting to think, okay, what, maybe there's something more to retirement than what I've been doing. Right, yeah. Talk to those people about being involved in gospel work in your sort of autumn years. We just would love that to happen. I remember a time we had a, a team of guests came over, and in, in the Muslim context we were, and in a lot of countries, age is very respected. Yeah. White beards, white hair, you know, gray, and, and, and they have the word. So I had been living in the country for years at the time and was leading people, but I was still young. And so we had a guest come over and a pastor was a little bit older. And so all of the, the people in our groups were asking them questions. And to be in that place of life where you can go, you, you have a, an earned respect already, if you will. And he's able to challenge and to encourage and do leadership development. And those things are, are, are you know, quite needed in a lot of places. And so, so many opportunities for that. If this idea of going overseas in your retirement years interests you uh, as a listener, or maybe you want to share this idea with your parents or your grandparents, uh, I'd encourage you to look in the archives at vomradio.net. There's a conversation we had with a couple that we called Bob and Casey. Uh, Bob is retired from a great career, uh, but then he talked, he used this word. He said, I had a holy discontent uh, being just in my retirement years here in America and he wanted to do something more for the kingdom. They have now been serving for a number of years, uh, reaching into a very closed Islamic nation in their retirement years. So if this idea, if you're in that sort of age bracket, if you're thinking about that, go to vomradio.net, listen to that conversation with Bob and Casey. I think it will be a blessing to you. And again, share it. Uh, share it with your parents, your grandparents, someone else who may be in that stage of life. Harold, one of the things you talked about is that the places that are still unreached are hard places. Correct. It's yep. the, the easy places are, are good. We need people to go to the hard places. So how do you talk to the people you're recruiting and mobilizing about danger and persecution and sacrifice and, hey, this might not turn out well for you physically, but it's so important we got to be willing to take that risk. And as you mentioned, God is going to be there with you in the midst of that. Yeah. How do you prepare them for that part of the of the work? You know, as much as you can, you're smart and you you, you know take care of it and do things. And we're, we're trying. We're not going to walk into a middle of war zones. And you know, we, we we try to be you know as wise as we can in that. But the reality is, if we want to take the gospel to these places, we're going to be stepping into some of those places that are that are difficult and a challenge. And so. 
at the end of the day, it boils down to your, your love relationship with Christ. I, I remember reading a, a book not long ago about talking about mobilization and, and a missions call and, and that it is a response that can only come from a deeply committed love relationship with Christ. You know, when we first become believers, oftentimes we're responding because we're out of fear. You know, like a little child, you put their hand in the light socket, you smack their hand, they learn not to touch it. I want to be saved so I don't go to hell, that kind of thing. And then it's like, oh, I want to be saved because of the blessing of the reward of heaven. But then eventually you, you just fall in love with Jesus. And to be called to missions, you don't do that so you don't go to hell. Or you don't do that because you want to go to heaven. You do that because you love Christ so much. You want others to experience that love. And out of that comes a willingness to say, I want to be a part of something that's way beyond me. That's a God-sized thing. I personally don't want to live a mediocre life. I don't, I don't want that. I want to live all out for Christ. And, and I probably shared before, I love the Apostle Peter. He did some dumb stuff, and I relate to that guy so much. <laughs> I mean, he put his foot in his mouth so many times, and I'm like, yes. But Peter, other than Jesus, is the only one I know who's ever walked on water. If I had the opportunity today to walk on water, you bet I would take it. I would love to do that because it's the miraculous, and I want to be a part of that. And when you think about moving to these countries or going to these places to take the gospel, that can only be done through the power of Christ, and that's miraculous. And I want to see that, and I want to experience that because I want people to see and experience um, this Christ that I know who has the power to save, and not only the power to save, but the power to restore honor. You know, a lot of places it's shameful honor, and, and Christ restores honor, and he is power, and he, he conquers fear, and people around the world don't know that, and so that drives me, and if, and if people don't have that drive, they're not going to go. And so again, it's all about that love relationship with Christ. So my encouragement to them is to know Christ and to just go deep with him and to then begin answering the question, okay, God, I want to be here for you. What does that mean for me? And just to say, here I am, God, what would you have me do? You know, And, and that's what it's got to be. It's got to be that challenge and that deep level uh, to go and to do, do those places and to stay. We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Harold. He is involved in mobilizing after serving for about 15 years in Central Asia. Harold, I want to look a little closer to home now. And I know one of the things you guys have done since you moved back to America is you found a Central Asian community mm-hmm. in the city where you live, and you've connected in with that yep. community and, and met people and welcomed them, been welcomed by them. You have a little bit of a head start because you already speak the language <laughs> and helpful. you understand the culture. Certainly that's helpful. But I think there are VOM Radio listeners who maybe live near a group of Afghans or a group of Somalis right. or some other people from one of these hard places to reach – And here they are right here in America in an easy place to reach them. Talk a little bit about some some real practical ways that we, even though we don't speak the language, can start to make inroads and meet people and make connections in those communities. Yeah, that's great. And and it's such a great opportunity in North America with the diaspora coming in, in all the places. And so many people, the stories of people who have come here and who've accepted Christ, you know, from Muslim countries, almost always is because people showed them love, continually blessed them and loved them. Met a family in up in uh, another state where they were attending a church. They were a, a refugee family. They were Muslims and they were full on engaged in this church because the community came around them and adopted them. In. Still weren't believers, but they accepted them as their community. And so you, you see that over and over again. So I would say just, you know, reach out. I mean, there's so much fear and stigmatism and, you know, about, oh, my goodness, this belief that, or, you know, are they trying to do this or that, or what does that mean? But reach out and just begin loving people and, and showing them practical ways. And the one thing I would say to avoid is just don't feel the need to um, argue the gospel with them. 
show them the gospel, demonstrate the gospel. You know, you can, I've, I remember one person came up to me once at the church and was like, oh, my coworker is from this country, they're Muslim, and, and I told them the other day that, you know, that, that belief is wrong and they're going to go to hell, they got to change. And I was like, well, that's the truth, but they're probably never going to listen to anything else you say, you know? And so instead of doing that, um, show them the love of Jesus. Tell them how much Jesus loves them. We don't need to argue our way. You're not going to win that way. You're going you're gonna to influence people for Christ by showing them the love of Jesus. Telling them when you have the opportunities right. and, and, and telling them the stories of Christ and telling them how much Christ loves them and how much he's there for them. But we don't have to argue. And so there's no need to feel like you've got to argue and, and put down Islam and all that. Just talk about the Bible. Talk about Jesus. Talk about his love. And the other things will come out. You're going to get those questions. You're going to get the tough questions for sure. Um, but it's like, hey, this is what I believe. This is my book. I, 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 even all the years living over there, I, I avoided the, the put down of Islam and Muslims. Like, yeah, I don't, this is my book. I read the New Testament, and this is what it says about Jesus. This is what I believe. And you can, you know, open up opportunities and friends. One of my friends came to me after seven years and was like, hey, tell me why you interact with your wife the way you do. And I was like, well, you know, he's like, no, 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 don't talk about the Bible again. You talk too much about that. Just tell me why. But I was able to tell principles, biblical principles, and that was a draw for them. They wanted that. They saw that, and they were like, oh, we want more of that. So resist the urge to call out the the other side and all that, but talk more openly about what we believe and who we are um, in Christ. And, and, And so, yeah, definitely reach out and engage. Invite people to church. Invite them to. We started home churches because a lot of our friends that we met weren't comfortable going into a traditional church, and so we started doing it in our homes. Uh, we had one Easter, uh, two Easters ago, we had 36 people there, and wow. uh, I think two, uh, eight of us were Christians, and the rest were all Muslims. I think we had some, one of them brought a halal Easter cake, probably the first ever halal Easter cake we ever had. <laughs> so, you know, people are interested, and, but they're interested in real relationship and community, and when we show that in the name of Jesus, we'll see some impact. So, Well, and I from the story you just told, after seven years, he yeah. asked you, hey, why do you interact with your wife that way? Yeah. That, again, not a sprint. It's a marathon. It is. Uh, it's a time of planting seeds. But I would encourage our listeners, and we have had some listeners who have written in with some great ways to connect into some foreign communities. I will never forget one lady who met a woman from India, and she asked her if she would teach her how to cook some Indian food. Nice. And the lady's like, man, I would love to teach you that. And so they've struck yep. up a relationship and a friendship. And so there are lots of different ways to make those connections. But I would encourage you to do that. Be on the alert for people from other countries. And as Harold has mentioned, this grows out of relationship. It grows out of a friendship. It grows out of knowing their name, knowing their kids' names, and praying for them, and even offering to pray for them. Harold, as we finish up, we always like to equip listeners to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about Central Asia. I know part of your heart is still there. Maybe all of your heart is still there. <laughs> Probably more than, yeah. <laughs> more than half. Yeah. Um, how do we pray for Christians, but also for the unreached in mm-hmm. Central Asia? So um, for the unreached, for sure, just the, 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 for the opportunities for the gospel to go out, just more opportunities for people to hear um, uh, we pray every morning. Our team does for more, more, you know, har- more um, labors for the fields. You know, Christ said the harvest is plentiful, but labors are few. So pray the Lord the harvest send it out more. And we do that every day, and so we pray for more opportunities for the gospel to go, more chances for people to hear the truth, and then for the believers. You know, we're we're seeing more 
and more come to faith and beginning to step in the roles. And I know some of the ones we interacted with and, and were had a part of their journey who are now leading house groups and now engage in evangelism discipleship. They are facing pressures, like we talked about earlier, pressures from society and culture and things that we don't really experience. So I just pray that they would be able to endure, persevere, and that their light would begin making a difference. Um, and, and especially for those first and second generation believers, they, they will face pressures that we will never experience just because we're not in that situation in our culture. And so for them to be able to, to, to make a difference and, and, and make a stand, and a lot of times their influence works, and some people will come to them years later and be like, I saw how you lived, and I thank you for that influence in my life. It changed me. But a lot of times it's cut off forever, and they never have a relationship again with family and friends. And so just for community to come alongside them, uh, for the believing community to, to stand firm and to be able to, to continue to represent truth in the midst of, of the darkness. Uh, so those would be great things to pray for. And then on a practical level, there's you know a lot of resources out there. You can get unreached people groups and learn about um, one for the day. I think um, Joshua Project has one. They have an app, and it pops up every day. You can pray for a different people group, uh, a lot of resources. I use the news a lot. Uh, what's happening right now and you know with Russia and, and Ukraine fighting opportunities to pray for that and the people groups and the, and the immigration that's happening as a result of that and other conflicts that are happening Iran right now lots going on we can pray for that and so anything that's happening news you just pray recognizing that in the midst of that it's not all one side there are believers there are non-believers who are suffering because of decisions being made by governments and things and so on the ground we just pray for the hearts of the people to to come to know Christ in the midst of these situations Let's talk now about mission workers. You were there 15 years. You had the ups and the downs and the hard days and mm-hmm. the, the fun days. How do we pray for the people that, that we support, the people our churches are sending out? They're on the field right now. How do we pray for them? Sure. I think probably the biggest thing is just the the whole perseverance when you you're not seeing the day in and day out fruit. You know, We'd love to see people get saved every day. Um, in reality, we're celebrating five a year instead, you know, and so, so just to pray that they would persevere and, and the enemy attacks, the, enemy, the strongholds in these parts of the world is very real. The enemy will hit you when you're lowest. And so loneliness and fatigue and frustration, um, you're fighting, you know, visa issues. How do I stay in the country? Um, getting deported and all these different things are constant fears and frets you're living under. Uh, will the government, you know, kick me out? Will I be able to stay in the country? Where will the family of this person I've been sharing with find out and be angry or come after us? You know, all these things are real, just realities that you live with. And so praying just for a peace and that people would just, you know, surrender to Christ and that he would just envelope them in his arms and love and hold them and keep them as they continue sharing. And then just for boldness at the same time, boldness to, to share the to share when they have the opportunities. We pray for those opportunities. And when they're there, just to, to take it and share that story or share that scripture or pray for that person. Uh, you never know where that's going to lead to plant those seeds and, and hopefully see that they'll be watered. Amen. Harold, I always enjoy our chances to be together. I love it when we get to tape them so yeah. other people can listen <laughs> always in. Always fun to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being our guest. And I want I know you are mobilizing people. Mm-hmm. If people want to connect with you, we're inviting them. Send us a note at vomradio.net. There's a little message box at the bottom of the page. Just type in a message. We will forward it on to Brother Harold uh, so that he can connect with you. Harold, thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My pleasure. It's always good to be here and absolutely happy to connect and chat and share stories with people who are interested uh, just to you know raise awareness for the 4 and 10 and that the church can gather together and reach out and engage and share the gospel of Christ. 
Amen. Amen. The fields are white with harvest. Pray then that the Lord would send out workers. And we do pray. We pray that VOM Radio listeners will be among those that go. I've actually had an email just within the last week from someone who said listening to VOM Radio was part of how God got them ready. They are getting ready to go overseas even as we speak right now. Um, So I am thankful for that. That is a, a passion of mine and something that makes me very happy when I hear that God has done that. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Brother Harold today. If you are just now joining us, you can listen to the whole thing at vomradio.net. You can also hear our previous two conversations with him. You can also send me a note. Let me know that that God is working on your heart and calling you to go. I love those stories. I love to hear that. You can also find Voice of the Martyrs Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. So I would encourage you to do that. And I would encourage you to share. Share this conversation maybe with a young person who is thinking about gospel work, maybe with someone who's approaching retirement and they're wondering, boy, how am I going to spend the next 20 years? God could put those years to work in a great way. So go to vomradio.net, share this conversation with a Christian friend, and join us again next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.